0: The shadow, the shadow sleeps shadow over, the, over the, podcast. the podcast. It is, it is, the, it is the One, one Player, player podcast. podcast. We Okay, anyway. Hi guys, welcome to the One Player Podcast. Julius here. And Albert. How are you doing? Doing quite well. And this is episode... 105. 105. One of us should know that. And I'm dreadfully sorry that we are unfortunately late a week, um... Last week was a little bit hard on me. My power in my house went out for three days or so. So we had no power and recording was hard and editing was hard. And honestly, living in my house was hard during that point in time. I know we were discussing, Albert, you told me that you had power go out at your place one point in time. We were talking here Mm -hmm. about what would be worse, to have power go out when it's freezing cold or when you're getting up to 100 degree temperatures i would rather have the freezing cold. <laughs> you know, we, we, I think it was the same in either situation. You went to a friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> that may very well be true, but at least, you know, if it's freezing cold, I don't also have to clear out all of my fridge and freezer. I could just open it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but you know what happened is we lost the power and it was freezing cold and we put stuff out on the, on the front porch. And, yeah. and you know, I think we lost power for something like eight or 10 days. And I think it was closer to 10. Uh. I don't remember for sure. Um, it, the temperature was around freezing, and it was we had a an ice storm, and so a lot of trees came down, brought down power lines, and then the power went. The temperature went back up, so all the stuff on the
0: on the front porch thawed out. You know, in we less than a, ten days, so we lost. We it had a thirty 10. minute. We had a thirty minute storm in the middle of a heat wave. We're here having hundred degree temperatures for the past two weeks. We've been having heat warnings. We had a thirty minute storm, and it took out most of Memphis's electricity here, it was ridiculous. Wow. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So, yeah, so I'm sorry, I'm running a bit late. <laughs> we'll forgive us. <laughs> oh, no, it's a new schedule. So you have any news? Do I have any news? No, not
1: really. Um, I probably should, but I don't. Well, I know you told me recently about this uh, sale going on. There's a sale, Barnes and Noble. That's right. There is that. Um, every well, about once a quarter, Barnes and Noble does a clearance sale, and I think it's twice a year. Actually, well, th- they do four sales a year, and at least two of them will have games. Oh, do they? Okay. And this one does have games. Um, there's another one right before Christmas that they'll have games and stuff, and and that's always handy. But this time around, there's a few games, including some that are solo friendly. At my stores, I saw Pandemic. The Pandemic Cure? The
0: Cure. Great, great, yes, great good game.
1: It is great. I almost bought another copy. I actually bought two
0: extra copies because recently I, uh, when we go out to, to hang out with other friends who we know play games, we bring along um, games to play. And mm-hmm. so we brought along a copy of Pandemic The Cure. And these friends that we went to have never played a cooperative game. And so Mm -hmm. we brought along Pandemic: The Cure, and so we're like, we're you know, let's let's sit down and let's play a game. All their kids come over, and actually, some other friends of their kids comes over. They're like, "Oh, that looks like so much fun! Show us how to play." So, all the kids come, and so it's the the adults are slowly getting like pushed out from playing
1: Uh the game.
0: (laughs) And so all the kids start playing the game, and they keep coming over to ask us rules questions. As we're like sitting off in another area, just chit chatting, chewing the breeze. And then the next day, one of the adults comes over and says, they want to invite us over so that we'll bring the game so that they can play again. I'm like, oh, come
1: on. <laughs> so well, when yeah. I saw
0: this went on sale at, at Barnes & Noble's, I'm like, okay, we're just going to get them a copy and we're going <laughs> to avoid having that happen.
1: And you're yeah. able to find a couple
0: copies? Uh, yeah, we had no problem. Nice. I mean, I, and we actually went in there and basically said, I don't see it on the tables. Do you have it in the back? And they're like, sure, we'll go in the back and get some. I'm like, thank you. You guys are the great.
1: Wow, that's nice. Yeah, my store had one copy out, and the next time I went back, that was gone. But I do know that they fill up the table, and as space clears, they do add more stuff sometimes. It, so, it
0: depends on the store. So they were nice enough just to go to the back and grab
1: them for me, which was That's cool. Nice. You know, it's hit or miss. Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they don't. But let's mm-hmm. see. What else do they have? I saw Zombicide. um I think like season one and two were or something like that. There's two different editions of it. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I don't think we mentioned all these are at
0: half off right now. And eventually, um, they will be going to more half off.
1: The, yes, they hit seventy five percent off usually after about three or four weeks. Then they linger there for a week or two, and then they go to ninety percent off. If by any chance there's still any games left, and after that they reach two percent. But you know, you not only do you have games, they will have puzzles sometimes, Lego books, um, books. Not as much <laughs> this time. Not many books. I think it um, depends but there are some. There's, there's some. Well, yeah. And uh, what else did I see? Pandemic, Zombie Side. I picked up Samurai Spirit, which is a cooperative game for one through six players, I think. I
0: did too, actually. I've been having a lot of fun with it. My wife did not like it, but I actually like it. Ne-
1: okay, I opened it up today finally to look at it, but very I didn't get thinky, too Very very mathy. Oh, okay. Nice. I like that. I, I will enjoy it then. As Maybe we'll have to review else. it one time. You know, there's one game I, I saw. They had a Colts Express, which is not solitaire-friendly. But they had it, and I almost bought that one. But then I, I realized that if I bought it, people would probably want to play it at home, and I didn't want to. <laughs> and I said, hang on a second, maybe I shouldn't buy this game. Maybe
0: I should just leave it there, let somebody else enjoy it. We also tried picking up a copy of La Isla, um, because we're big Feld fans. We, we, mm-hmm. we, like, we like a lot of Feld stuff. So we picked up La Isla, which is another lighter Feld game. Um, I don't know, that one actually didn't go over so well with us, unfortunately. Mm, okay. Well, you know, it was cheap to try. Yeah, it well, was. So we're gonna try and return it, and see if we can.
1: They don't normally take returns on clearance stuff.
0: I don't know. We'll see. You have to see. Yeah, uh... we're gonna try. We're gonna see.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So yeah, that, that's that's our only news, I guess. The, if you're in the U.S. and you have a Barnes and Noble handy, check it out. And you could go to the website, search for the game, and then see if your local store has copies on sale, and it'll tell you. So that could save you a trip to a store.
0: seems like there's very little news and very little going on. There's very little going on on Kickstarter as well. I have no idea what could be causing that. How about you, Albert? I do not know. It's probably because we've been so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably because of convention season. Or that. Or that. You know, it, Origins just happened and Gen Con is coming up. And I don't know, are you, are you watching to see what's coming out of those? I have not been. I haven't really t- had the time to do that lately.
1: Uh, I'm constantly surprised by what's coming out.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I'll be able to get to Gen Con for a day this year. I'm still unsure whether or not that's going to happen. Um, but we will see what happens. Then I'll probably all take a look and see what all's going on.
1: That'll be neat. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to get to go.
0: We will see what happens. I may be able to clear a day to go, to go do that. Um, and we'll see what all happens while we're there. But. I know that there are a bunch of games coming out that are one-player only uh, or that are one-player friendly, rather. I have not personally had a chance to look through and see what all they are. I know there's quite a few.
1: Mm -hmm. I know there's at least a geek list um, available for solitaire games. And somebody made a a report online that you could browse all the Gen Con games and filter on things by number of players and stuff. And apparently Mm -hmm. it'll even show you what booths they are in. Which is pretty handy. So you Mm can say, show me the one-player games, and it'll show you on the map what booths have one-player games. Mm -hmm. As well as the names and all that.
0: That's if you're going to Gen Con. If you're going, yes. I don't know if there's going to be a general Camp this year. I assume there will be. When is Gen Con? Gen Con is the first week in August, first weekend in August. So it's August 3rd through something. Um, 3rd through 7th, I think it is. But I know last year we were part of Gen Cant, which mm-hmm. is essentially like a stay at home solo convention. I know that we worked together with a low player count guys. Mm-hmm. Um, our friends at low player count. Our friends over at low player count. Yeah, we, we worked together with them to do essentially a solitaire convention as part of Gen Cant. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that again. I assume people mm-hmm. liked it. We had a lot of people who were taking part in that last year.
1: Now, did you fly out to Dallas for that, or did they fly out to? we did it
0: (laughs) we did it fully digitally um which was actually difficult for me at the time because gen gen con last year was the day after i finished the bar and i was just like oh i was oh wow (laughs) that's grueling yeah wow um have you have you played anything recently um i've played some samurai spirit like i said i've also been playing recently viceroy have you heard of viceroy no, I don't think so. I think I've seen it before, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Viceroy, it's a pyramid building game where you're, you have a hand of cards and those cards have different advantages based upon where you put them in the pyramid, what level you put them in the pyramid. And they cost more to put them higher up, but they give you better advantages. And essentially you're trying to get the most points out of them. And so you may be using them to get more cards or more gems which is the resource you use to pay for things or you may be using them to get other special uh, income methods or just be using them to start building a point engine and the game plays i think it's over 12 rounds and they're the rounds who, at the end of the game whoever has the most number of points wins and you can play solo essentially you're just playing against a point in against a high score beat your high score where one of the cards is is being taken out of the auction every time and sometimes it'll conflict with you and sometimes it doesn't so i've been trying i've been trying to get into it i've been trying to do better at it the biggest problem for me is i, I just feel like i'm not figuring out how to do it well mm, okay i don't know i'm finding the game difficult for me to to do well which is frustrating yeah that, that can be frustrating Except that I've run into now, i played one game of it. I've played three games solo and one game multiplayer. I just recently pulled out multiplayer. And of course, we pull out these two cards that seem completely overpowered. And we play them. We're like, this seems wrong. And one guy's like scoring a ton of points off of the one. And the other guy's using the other one to score a ton of points once and then do the same thing again for free. And we're like, this just doesn't seem like that's how you're supposed to be playing and lo and behold those cards are actually overpowered and many people on, on board game geek recommend just taking those cards out I'm like this this is starting to seem fuzzy wow okay
1: that's interesting I i, I need to check that game out now now i'm curious about it i had played um star trek panic the other day not solo but i played it with, with a group of four with three others nice and that was a lot of fun. I'm surprised how much fun it was. I thought it was going to be kind of lame and all that because I, I like Castle Panic, but every time a game has a a, a license attached to it, you know, which they talked about on Lore Play account in the last episode, licenses in games. And um, so I didn't expect a whole lot of this, but the game was a lot of fun. You have a, an Enterprise in the middle of the board instead of a castle like you would in Castle Panic, and you have all these ships coming out towards you. But you could actually rotate the Enterprise and, and turn to different facings to, to take damage from different directions or shoot in different directions. And you could advance to, because there will be missions you got to complete. And sometimes the missions you have to advance to the target and capture it. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And there's different characters. So each player has a different ability, which makes it interesting. And it was tense and, and exciting and full of a lot of interesting choices. So, so I wanted, I'd like to get the game and actually covered on the show at some point. But, but if I don't, maybe I'll cover Castle Panic and then just compare them. You never know. Hmm.
0: So that's all I've been playing.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I don't think I've played anything else really. I don't think um, I play.
0: I'm not playing anything else new solo. I've been playing some other old games solo, but
1: nothing else. New. Yeah, same thing. I played Sentinels of the Multiverse the other night. That's always fun. Um, played some
0: games of Austerity also recently.
1: Okay. Now, my family is going away for 4th of July for a week. I'm going to stay behind. Um, and so, I'm probably going to have some sort of solo con at that point. I have no idea what I'll play yet. Austerity! I don't have it. It'll be trickier.
0: Print it. <laughs> print it off. That's true. I could just print it. Maybe I'll do that. Okay. You should print off. If you I- haven't played Austerity, you should really try it. Because I still think the cube mechanism that Austerity uses is unique. I was trying to think of anything else that uses that cube mechanism because in that one, normally when you start like putting stuff into a pile of bad stuff, you add more of a single type of thing. So like if more fire starts getting in, so it's more likely fire will happen. But with the cube drawn austerity, If you're getting more in debt, more debt-like things will happen, but not necessarily more debt. So more of your actions will be skewed towards debt, but not necessarily going to have debt. I see. Okay. So it's interesting how they do that. They do that because when you draw, you're drawing two cubes. And so you may still not end up with a bunch of debt cubes alone. You may end up with a bunch of debt cubes with something else. But debt is going to keep happening more often. It's going to skew the type of stuff that's going to be going on, which is interesting. It's interesting how they do that. Cool. Okay, I'll check it out.
1: I I need to make a geek list or something of what games I could potentially play and then add that to it.
0: (laughs) You should probably print it off in advance.
1: I could do that. You know, I'm going to pause right now and email myself a reminder to do that. Go do that. Austerity. Austerity. Print it out. Send. There. I've got a not- notice.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Kickstarter.
1: And we didn't really find anything to cover this time around. But I had, I did actually back a game on Kickstarter the other day, which I haven't been doing so much lately. I backed, I forget the name, but it's an ice cream truck game.
0: Rocky Road a la mode.
1: Yes, okay. It, it's such a neat looking game. It's by uh, Green Couch Games. Mm-hmm. It's and a I don't tiny know. Mini game.
0: Is it, okay, it's a small card it's box. It's a small box game. It's every, I think everything from Green Couch Games is. I think that's sort of their shtick, is they make the little games. I think it's only like, what, 20 bucks to get?
1: Yes. Though I went ahead and got the deluxe version with the mini game. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I did this is because my dad was an ice cream man. When I grew up, we had an ice cream truck at home. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's, it's sentimental. <laughs>
0: cute. Yeah, I like that yeah. it's it's a rondelle type mechanism. So you can take a big action, like in Patchwork, also, where you take a big action and you jump ahead. So other players can take a bunch of small actions and they may get to take multiple actions in a row, which I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I just thought it's a cute looking game, cute looking art for the game.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and the art is great. It's very colorful and, and
0: cartoony. I, I want to call it bubblegum. But I mean, we can talk about a couple games that are at least currently on Kickstarter. At least just to mention them. Um, one of them is Hero Realms. If you're familiar with Star Realms, this is this looks like it's almost the same thing. They've just taken it out of fan- of sci-fi and put it into fantasy. So now you have. We de- Go we ahead. We didn't talk about this last time. I don't think did we? No, maybe it's too new. Yeah, maybe we didn't talk about it yet. I don't think we talked about it. Okay. But, you know, just mentioning it's out there. And it does come, if you get the campaign mode, so it comes with a solo and cooperative play. And that's a $12 add on. And it looks like if you get the game, so the game itself is $20, but that doesn't come with any stretch goals or promos. If you want the promos, you have to add another $5. Then if you want the characters, you have to add another $20. And then if you want to have the boss decks and everything else, you have to add even more dollars. And, you know, if you want everything, including everything, it's $72. I find it Wow, funny. okay. I find it funny how it suddenly starts jumping up. Like, one of the reasons I thought Star Realms was originally interesting is because it was a small and expensive thing. Yes. This starts to lose it when it comes up to $72, because I could really get a lot of other things... That are more interesting to me for seventy two dollars at least.
1: Yep, and for seventy two, you're getting the the twenty dollar game, right? Like Star Realms. Yes. And a bunch of packs that are like different characters you could play. Yes. And some villains, and some and promos. Yeah, it. maybe it's a value, a good value. I don't know, but yeah, it does seem like a lot. It's it takes away a lot of that charm that you get for Star Realms. Right.
0: Because I felt like, for me, part of the charm for Star Realms was, or I mean, even for uh, the other one that we we're talking about, what was it? Um, their other recent game, the Fake Magic one, and I'm not remembering the name of it.
1: I don't remember now. We talked about it, and we talked about the value of the cards.
0: Yeah, where it was either a zero or a one for all the <laughs> cards. And I can't remember what it is.
1: Oh, and that's the same folks that made this one.
0: Yeah, it's, that's why I'm thinking about it. But uh, to me, the, mm-hmm. the whole benefit of those was that it's cheap. And it's nice just to have a little game. $72 is no longer a little game. And if I want to get a $72 game, I want a big game. Mm-hmm. So I don't yep. Know. So, I agree. withholding judgment on that one. But that's Hero Realms. If you're interested in it, unfortunately, it's likely going to be ending quite soon. After this is this is done, I think it's ending what July fifteenth.
1: Um, maybe thirteenth. July thirteenth. Which is July 13th. still more than two weeks. Yep. So you may still have time at this point. You know, and I would back it if I didn't already have Star Realms. Maybe. Yep. yep. But I don't feel like I need two games of the same thing. And Cthulhu Realms.
0: I also have that, and that's basically again the same game. And then the other game that we found interesting, I know Albert and I were looking at this one pre-show. We were looking at one called Wayward, a hunter's board game. And this is one that's on Kickstarter. It seems to be on Kickstarter by a very independent group. This one isn't going to be done funding until August 10th. And their goal was only about $1,500. And they've already got that goal surpassed, so they're already at $6,000. But I know Albert and I were trying to make sense of this Kickstarter. And this is one that we just could not make sense of. It seems like it has a lot of interesting things there, which is why we were trying to make sense of it. It's a one to eight player game with a game time of between two to three hours. And it could be either solo, co-op, or competitive. And apparently you make a persona in the game. And you actually, I'm not sure if you're writing all the cards or something like that. It's unclear to me. I'm not sure if it's an RPG. It's honestly uh, I mean even having having now looked at the page and tried to figure this stuff out, it's not clear to me if this is an RPG or a board game. I don't know, Albert, did you figure it out?
1: I I got the impression it's a board game and that the the persona you're managing through a deck of cards. Um how that works exactly, I I couldn't tell either. I mean,
0: Wait. they don't have the there's no copy of the rules here there's what looks like about two hours of videos to try and figure it out. They have one paragraph of the rules where you have a persona and you start to build it somehow. You build its backstory, its relationships, its strengths, its abilities, things like that. And then you get an adversary and you start making, you know, your normal life. And then at one point in time, you now have to make a deal with The devil, looks like. And you have to, therefore, it sounds like you have an adversary. So because you made a deal, you get some super special powers and you then have to figure out how to break your deal because it's a bad thing by hunting down fiends and getting more powers and items and stuff like that. I mean, the theme sounds interesting. That you made a deal with the devil and now you're trying to break it using the powers that were given to you. It would be an interesting novel. It probably would be an interesting game. The game looks cool. I know that I saw one piece of card art that they have which is this what looks like the bad guy, which is basically a wreath and flames woman which looks interesting. And it looks like they're trying to make it very real world. And so one of the the boards is pictures of the world game looks interesting but i just have no idea
1: <laughs> yeah it's hard to say it really is hard to make a judgment i I don't know that i'd watch the tours of videos to figure it out
0: i know that we watched the first 10 minutes of video and they don't start actually telling me anything about the game itself for the first five minutes so anyway we probably now wasted more of your time than you cared about so that's wayward at least and it's not done for a while And if you want to know how much it is, I'm leaving that vague because there's a bunch of options and it's vague. All right. And let's talk about today's game then. So let's talk about the shadow over Westminster. Um, the shadow over Westminster is a cooperative game, a co-op game where each of the players is a member of the agency. And the agency is a group dedicated to preventing the end of the world. They are there to stop the darkness from overwhelming the world. And this is almost like Eldritch Horror type thing where there is some sort of darkness, some sort of evil that keeps coming out and they just keep popping up to beat it back down. And it's not always like Elder Gods, you know, it could be zombies or rogue wizards or a super virus or a pandemic. It could be any sort of thing, but they have dedicated themselves to stopping the end of the world in whatever form it can be. They are the agency. The game itself is played like a deck builder, so you're going to have there's four different basic types of cards that are going to pop up in your deck. The first basic type of card that pops in your deck is an exposure card. Exposure cards are the junk cards in your hand. They don't do anything, and the only way to get rid of them is to come and rest at the agency's area. So they're just junk cards, and they'll come into your hand through various different ways, and we'll get to that later. The next type of card you have are investigations. Um, Investigations typically give you one investigation point. Some give you two, some give you extra special abilities, but they give you an investigation point. And when you go on an investigation, which is you're going to go beat off a bad guy, Um, you get to play the investigations out to your played area. And once you have enough investigation built up, you beat the bad guy and you get to collect the bad guy card as a reward. And that bad guy card is the third type of card that you can have in your deck. Once you beat a bad guy, it comes into your deck. And later on, once it comes back into your hand, you can play it to increase the number of cards that you have in your hand and that you draw up to. The fourth type of card is your research cards. And your research cards let you either buy new um, investigation cards or they'll let you buy new artifact cards. Every player has specific investigation cards that they have that are tied to them. So for instance, one of the type of players is the Illuminati. And the Illuminati has a special set of Illuminati cards. So each player plays differently. Um, Once you start buying those cards, each player plays differently. So the Illuminati will be able to use her special ability that she has always and tie it in with the cards that she can buy later and start mixing and matching between those things. And the way you get those is by coming to the agency and spending your research cards. The artifacts are another type of research card, and they can be used just like a regular research card, or they can be put into play. And then while they're in play, they either do something special or they can be held to discard them to do something special all at once later. So, for instance, you can put one card in play and then discard it later to draw extra cards. Or you can put one card in play and it always counts as an investigation. So the artifact cards let you do different things. In the theme of the game, you're all in modern day. So it actually looks like it's modern day London or Westminster. Um so that's the theme of the game. So a lot of the art of the game takes on, you know, cameras or voice recordings or things like that, or each player's board, there's a big smartphone on their board. And so a lot of the card art ties into that. Um so those are the four different types of cards that come in your deck. What's interesting about these is that each card actually has a different back. So when you shuffle up your deck, you're able to see the type of card that's going to be coming next. You don't necessarily know if it's, for instance, a basic research card or an artifact card, but you'll know that it's a research type card coming up next, um, which means that you have a little bit more control and can figure out what you're doing. So in addition to also having your hand, each player can also control their hand or their deck with a reserve with a reserve space. When, at, just like a standard deck builder, after you take your turn, you're going to have to discard all of your hand, but you can keep one card in reserve. It can only ever be one card. You can discard a card from your reserve if you like, but you can keep one card in reserve so that you can hold it over for next turn. So if you see on the top of your deck that your next turn you're probably going to have more research coming. You can right now reserve an extra research so you can hold on to that when you get more research next turn. So that all ties together nicely with being able to reserve a card and see what's coming next. Each player, in addition to having their own special type of upgrade cards that they can buy, they also have a special ability. Each player starts with one ability that they can use immediately, and then in the course of the game, all the players together will be able to unlock access to their master abilities. These also help make it so that each player is going to be operating differently throughout the course of the game. There are various different places on the board. So we already talked about one place where you can go, the agency, to get rid of your junk cards, or where you can go to buy your special investigation cards. There's the museum where you can go to buy the artifact cards, which are the better research cards. There are two spots where you can go to beat off the bad guys by playing investigation cards. One spot only a single player can take at a time, and the other spot multiple players can all help out together. But at the spot with multiple players, usually multiple cards will come out. When you're playing solo, at the beginning of the game, only one card comes out, but towards the end of the game, two cards are going to be coming out. When you're three to four players, it's two at the beginning and then three later in the game. So that area tends to be a bit harder. Um, the last, the second to last place, excuse me, is the university. The university is where you can trade in the bad guy cards to get increased hand size. When one person trades in enough cards, or when enough people put enough cards there, so sort of like a deposit, it unlocks for everyone to get more cards in their hand. At one point in time, once you get an, a high enough hand size, you'll also unlock what the Cataclysm is. So we were talking earlier about what the, that there is an end of the world something going on. So the Cataclysm is what it is. The game comes with a whole bunch of different Cataclysm cards. Each one is different and each one does something unique. As soon as you get three hand size upgrades, so that means you'll now have a hand size of five. You start with a hand size of three in the game. So once you have a hand size of five, you'll also unlock or reveal what the cataclysm is. And the cataclysm will do something different each time you're playing the game. We'll get into a bit more about what those cataclysms each do later, but each one does something different, and it's a lasting effect that goes on in the game. In order to beat the game, once it's revealed, you have to come over to the Cataclysm and do whatever the mission end is, which for almost all of them is play enough investigation cards to beat them. The way the game beats up on you is through the Darkness deck. The Darkness deck at the beginning of your turn, you have to draw from the Darkness deck, and it says usually that you put a Darkness cube in a slot. Each of the areas, except for the agency and the museum, have three spots for darkness cubes. If you would ever have to put a fourth darkness cube out, the area clears, and you put an extra darkness over at the cataclysm. If the cataclysm ever gets six darkness cubes, the cataclysm overwhelms the world, and you lose the game. That's it. Game over. That is the only way to lose the game. Sometimes the darkness deck will only make you take exposure instead of making you put a darkness cube. Theoretically, that's a good thing, but it does clog your deck. The other way you get exposure cards is if you're in the middle of an investigation. Sometimes investigations, you may not have enough in your hand to beat a whole investigation. Then you'll have to keep fighting an an investigation over multiple turns. Each turn that you're still in an investigation, you have to take another exposure card and put it in your deck. So you want to try and finish off investigations as fast as you can. Hmm. Okay. And I think that's about all of the rules. So the basic goal of the game is it's a deck builder. You're trying to power up your deck by increasing your hand size and buying better artifacts and better investigations. Eventually revealing the cataclysm and then going to the cataclysm and beating it off. Okay, sounds simple. It's it's a relatively <laughs> simple game. It's about on the complexity level of something like a pandemic, which for me is almost a good thing. Um, when I've been playing this both myself and with a lot of other people, being able to pull it out and have it be on that complexity level, it's not like a Nemo's War, for example, or a um, yeah you know, a more complicated game. the The game is pretty simple and takes the mechanics that it does pretty easily there's not a lot of complicated things all of the investigation cards work all the the bad guy cards work the same way with except for the cataclysm a bad guy is just a bad guy all you have to do is you have to beat it off there's one exception that some of the bad guy cards instead of being a bad guy make you draw more exposure but other than that it's just a bad guy you beat it off Um, some of the player characters cards None of them are particularly, you know, complicated to use. They may let you clear a darkness cube or move a cube around or take exposure to do something else. And so it's not a super complicated game. And for me that's actually honestly a good thing. I like that about the game.
1: Nice. Okay. Now did you say with the darkness cubes, what once you're on there are they permanent or you could remove them?
0: They are not permanent. Um, if you beat something, whatever it is at that area, so if you beat the bad guy or you get enough to upgrade your hand size, then you clear away all the darkness cubes that are on there. There are also some abilities that let you move around darkness cubes or do other things with darkness cubes, but essentially, it clears away if it fills up or it clears away if you beat it while there's some there. And you want to try and beat it, like, at the edge because then you're clearing away enough darkness cubes. That's the way to go to win the game is to try and clear away the ones that have been hit by a bunch of darkness so that you're clearing away enough darkness cubes to be able to continue to win.
1: Okay. And does the the game feel tense as you're playing? Do you, do you feel like you're about to lose a lot? Um. Well, it's. it seems like it starts slow, right?
0: Because cause you lose when you get the six cubes, I guess. It does, it does start slow. At the beginning of the game, you don't have very much power. But then again, at the beginning of the game, also, I mean, the first time we played the game, we made a mistake. Um, you start the game by actually taking the four difficulty bad guys out of the deck and putting them in the first slot of each of the two bad places. So it's not so hard to beat those at the beginning of the game because you don't have very much power then. But then going on from that, it can be completely random. So your next draw can be some of the nine difficulty bad guys, and then you're just in a bunch of trouble. Okay. Um, And then you probably just want to let it clear from darkness and just take it and deal with it. So it, it's, it doesn't start slow. You start with less power, but it doesn't take long to move through turns. Turns are relatively simple because you look at your hand, you figure out where you want to go. If you have a bunch of investigations, you'll go use a bunch of investigation. If you have a bunch of research, you'll probably go research. If you're already in investigation, it may be a more difficult decision, but you, know, you it's, it's, because it's not a complicated game, turns are pretty short. Also, a lot of the players' abilities do tie into each other. So when you're playing multiplayer, you know different player powers will tie will interact between each player. When you're playing solitaire, you can play the game. It's it works perfectly fine just to play with only one player. Each of the cataclysms has a scale difficulty, how much investigation you need based on the player count. And except for the ones that are betrayal in nature, there are some cataclysms that are based on betrayal and. It's optional to play with those, but except for the betrayal ones, which obviously don't work solo, you could just play them with their solo levels, and it's scaled to whatever difficulty it is that you want. I see, and if you if you want more interaction, then you might play a two hundred game or a three hundred game. If you want more interaction, personally for me, I thought it was just as much fun to play single player as it was to play two player. Although I'm not sure if the difficulty is scaled correctly between the different player counts. Yeah. I imagine that must be hard to balance. I'm well part of the difficulty and balance for the game. I think is the different cataclysms all do different things. So for instance, there's a cataclysm that's the, the manufactured plague. I think it's called Um, with manufactured plague. At the beginning of each turn, you must permanently remove from the game one of your cards, one of the cards from your hand. And so usually you'll be trying to remove exposure cards. But at one point in time, you'll be like, well, wait a second. If all my exposure cards are done and I have to draw exposure, then I actually have to draw extra darkness cards. So I probably want to keep some exposure cards in the game. So it becomes sort of like a balancing game between not losing too many cards. And sometimes you'll want to lose research that you have more investigation in your hand. And so there's a balance between them. So each of the cataclysms does something different. But some of the cataclysms are, in my opinion, easier than others. So for instance, there was one cataclysm that said you draw an extra research card when you go to a museum or university. And so at that point in time, you know, I said, okay, I guess I'm just not going to go to museum or university. And I'm just going to beat the game without needing to go to those. I'm just going to go get all the research Hmm. and get all the rest of the investigation cards out of the agency. If it would have said that you can't go to that, you get an extra darkness card at the agency, that would have been a very different game. But it didn't say that. It was only museum or university. So I just didn't go to museum or university. I got the rest of all of my investigation cards that I could get out of the agency and just went and beat it. And that one was super easy. Hmm, As soon as that popped up, I said, this is going to be, this is going to be a breeze. And I just breezed through it. But some of the other ones are much harder. I mean, there's another one. It's like a rogue computer virus. I can't remember what it is, but there's a rogue computer virus that you cannot play any investigation cards unless you also discard an exposure.
1: Mm -hmm, Okay, so you have to have exposure cards.
0: So you have to have exposure cards for that one. That one was nearly impossible to beat. At least solo, that one was nearly impossible to beat because I couldn't interact with anyone else to do anything else with it. I couldn't move around, and I just was not... I had a lot of difficulty beating that one. It's much harder than some of the other ones. And the number... Of investigation required, I don't think different I'd have to go actually grab a copy of the game to see. I don't think it differed much between one to the other. What am I calling those cards? whatever they're called cataclysms,
1: okay, that's not what you've been calling them. you've been calling them
0: something else apocalypse cards, whatever I've been calling them, know. but they're actually called cataclysms okay. <laughs> Now I'm looking at the back of them. I was just looking at the front. <laughs> oh looking at the front of them. They say right on the back of them, cataclysms. Um, oops. <laughs> That's fine. But let's see here. I've done that I'm gonna before. I'm going to look through and find that one about the... It's called the Singularity. So that one requires a pretty standard amount in Solo. It requires 15 investigation. But for me, that was the hardest one to do. And also some of the players have different amount of investigation Mm -hmm. they can pull together. So I actually tried doing that the first time with the watcher. There's, there's four different players. There's the watcher, the Templar, the outsider, and the Illuminati. So I tried doing that with the watcher and the watcher ties in that he can sometimes use. I think he's the one that uses research sometimes as investigation. And so he ties in with using research in different ways, but because I couldn't play investigation cards without an exposure card and he doesn't come with very much exposure cards. I wasn't really able to use his abilities very well. So he, I just sent, simp- you know, I found it very hard to beat him with, beat it with that.
1: <coughs>
0: and I just okay. Don't, I mean, I'm not convinced that it's balanced for solo as well as it is. I'm not sure that it's balanced against the different player counts because you, there's a, there's, an upper limit to how many investigation cards you can get into your deck. And that upper limit doesn't change based upon the player count. The number of investigation cards possible is the same, whether you're in one player, two player, three player, but scaled. And it, I mean, it changes based upon the type of player out. So the watcher has, I think he can get 16 or actually I think he can only get 13, whereas the Templar can get 16 or something like that. But you need mm-hmm. to have 15 when you're doing solos. That's 15 for one player. But as soon as you bump up to two player, you only need 22. I see. Okay, not a little bit easier. And not 30, right? So that's yeah. easier. At three players, you only need 29 and not 45. Hmm. Okay. That's. I'm surprised they did that. Right.
1: One. Unless there's, unless you're missing a rule somewhere or something. That seems. Well, that's very, very explicit. <laughs> That okay. is very
0: explicit. And also the number of purchase... I mean, there's one bonus There's like the standard investigation cards and the standard purchasable investigation cards. And so the number of standard purchasable investigation cards is based on the number of players. So there's two at one player, four at uh, two players, etc. So okay. it seems like the game is harder at lower player counts than at higher player counts. It seems.
1: Gotcha.
0: Okay. So now this game
1: was originally available via Kickstarter. Do you know if this has a Kickstarter extras and that sort of thing?
0: I think that that there were no Kickstarter extras for the game. I think that the Kickstarter stuff was only an upgrade on some of the art. Okay. So it's something everybody would have gotten. But I will tell you, I do like the art a lot. The art is pretty cool. Okay. The theme of the game, like I said, is set in modern day. So when you're going to do a bad guy, what you actually see is it's a small little MP3 player and it's it reads as if it's recording of a guy who's talking about the bad thing he saw. So for instance, there's one that's like the shadows on the wall. And the text in the card is, I saw a shadow lurking around with mysteriously flitting at the edges of my visions. I don't know whether or not it's going to pop out of the wall at me or something like that. But it reads as if it's a guy walking around with his MP3 player recording what it is that he's seeing while he's investigating whatever the bad thing is. And with the artifacts, they're digital cameras with a picture of whatever the artifact is. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, It's like, you know, when you take a picture and it pops up on the back screen of the camera. So that's what it looks like. Like you're looking at a picture on the screen of a camera. And all the cataclysms are all based on real world stuff. Like one's, you know, manufactured plague looks like a modern day type thing and all of the art. And there's a story in the back of the game box, which sort of talks about the different characters and what they are. And it actually tells a story and each character feels unique to me. Um, as opposed to other games that I've mentioned on this podcast before. (laughs) But I mean, each character feels different. Like the outsider is essentially a bad guy who was lost and found himself to the human world and decided to act like a good guy. And so he's the one who, it seems like, founded the agency and is pulling together these other three character types. And so the outsider walks through and meets the other ones and interacts with them as he's recruiting them to do whatever it is that the bad thing is. So each one of them feels like they have a unique story, in addition to having a unique method of playing, which is neat.
1: Nice, okay. Now, is this game available? I'm looking online, I don't see it a cool stuff ink. Or it would be a hard to find game. So if you find a copy, pick it up right away.
0: Um I think that it's actually a recently released game. So I didn't have any issue finding it.
1: So maybe it's just the first place I went to was the wrong one.
0: Make sure you're spelling it right too.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky word.
0: It is Shadow The Shadow Over Westminster. It's not Shadows Over Westminster. It is The Shadow Over Westminster. Yeah, I'm just searching for Westminster. That would work. I know it's available directly from the guy's website um, for fifty dollars, including shipping. Okay. And I do not know if it's going to be available anywhere else. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, so that's a place to check if you want. Check with a publisher, and, and if you want to get it locally, you may ask. You know, ask your store. And
0: that. And that website is ccwgames.com. Okay. And I have no idea whether or not he's going to be releasing it more widely or not. I mean, in terms of a couple other nitpicks that I had with the game, when you spread out the whole game, according to the rules, you're supposed to put the different card decks on the outside of the board. And there's no spots on the board indicating where you put stuff. Except for the bad guys and the artifacts, but the draw deck for the artifacts and the reward decks for the players, the stuff you get for the agency and the darkness card and all of that. There's nowhere on the board to put those, but the board looks like it has plenty of room to have had spots for all of those things. You know, you could have put the darkness over by the um, cataclysm card. You could have put the reward research cards by the bad guy decks, and I mean, even when I'm playing the game, I put all those in those spots because it takes up less board room, and there's plenty of room on the board to do that. I do not know why they did not just put spaces on the board for those things. Um, the other nitpick I have for the game is each player has their own player board, which again shows a very brief blurb about what your character is, and each player board actually has two sides to it. There's the Illuminati and the Illuminati Shadow, for example. So each side has sort of a light and a dark side, and by dark I mean just like a little bit dark, <laughs> still on the light side of good, but a little bit darker on the side of good, like chaotic good type thing. Um, and each side has a different set of powers, so each side plays slightly differently, which is interesting. It adds to the replayability. And it's a lot of fun, and. Each player has their own actual mini. There are four minis that come with the game that are sculpted to match the art for each of the characters. The minis are all in one color. They are red, green, gray, purple. But there's nothing on the cards for the players that indicate what color you are. You have to remember, I would have liked to have seen somewhere show up the color scheme for the character on the card so that I can look at the card, be like, Oh, I'm green. I'm going to look for the green mini, but it's not there. Mm-hmm.
1: It, that can be, you know, it's, it's not as bad when it's a cooperative game, but that could, that's always annoying when, when it's hard to tell who's where mm-hmm. and what. No,
0: I, I would have preferred to have seen that there, but I mean, if yeah. those are like nitpicks on what is in my opinion, a, a good game, I know that I've been bringing this out with other people and I've been getting a lot of requests to play it. It is not a heavy deep game but it is a lot of fun to play being able you get a lot of ability to plan in the game you get the chance to see what the next card coming out of your deck is so you have a lot of ability to control and you really feel like you're in control you really feel like you're being able to reserve cards and plan ahead and go get cool artifacts and use your neat abilities and the fact that you know there are for all intents and purposes, really eight characters in the game. There's a whole bunch of cataclysms. Let's see here. How many cataclysms? Looking at the list, there are 15 different cataclysms, each one doing something different. Now, four of those are betrayals, and one of them is a weird one that sort of... Requires multiplayers also so if you're playing solo, it only has 11 But still each one of those is different and each one of them feels like it does something different now then, granted Some of those are harder and some of those are easier And you know You sort of luck the draw about whether or not it's gonna be easy or hard to beat the game at the end of the game Now that could also be that could also be because I've now played the game a dozen times more I've really played the Mm -hmm. game a lot, and that probably attests the fact that I do like it a lot. And at this point in time, I'm pretty good at the game. I am finding the game easy to do. And I know that when I looked up on BGG about how to make the game harder, they recommended take out exposure cards from the deck. That doesn't make the game harder for Mm me. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, what I would love to see would be an expansion or something like that, or even like a print-and-play deck of darkness cards that are harder darkness cards and i can i mean i can imagine how to do something like that and get like harder darkness cards that do multiple effects or that interact in the players or like make you discard a card or make you lose a research or do various different things and make the darkness card a bit more interactive to make the game more difficult <coughs> because i'm not sure how to make it more difficult without just making it outright impossible. You can't increase really (laughs) the number of investigation cards required to beat a cataclysm because like I said before, there's an upper limit to how many you can get. Yep. Can you maybe draw an extra darkness card every couple rounds or something? If you want if you have a way of tracking that. But those rounds where you have to draw an extra one though become unpredictable. If it's just a matter that Mm -mm. you constantly have to draw two, it just becomes unpredictable and you can't really control it. You lose your ability to control and enjoy the game. It has to be that the extra challenge is balanced still with the ability to control and beat it, not just luck.
1: Okay. How about if you had maybe less Darkness Cubes to lose the game or something? Instead of six, or five
0: or something. Wouldn't, wouldn't stop me from beating the game easily, in all honesty. Wow, okay. I'm typically beating the game at this point in time with two Darkness Cubes out. Wow on the cataclysm well, expansion we need an expansion i mean i the, the just the reason why i played it so much is because bringing this game to my game group and playing myself i like it <laughs> I, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the game its simplicity is what's really a draw and the fact that the your deck has different card banks which really help you feel like you're in control and and planning and doing a lot of stuff the I don't know very many games that do marked backs like that. Not very many at all. For one thing, it's difficult. You have to like shuffle under the table so you don't see what you're doing. I can't think of any other games that do marked backs. Can you?
1: I know I've seen one or two before, and I can't remember what they are. You know what I've been playing with my son lately is Flip mm-hmm. City, and that doesn't have marked backs, but the cards are two-sided.
0: <laughs> and so you have the same issue. you got to kind of shuffle under right. the the table. Right. But that's not a matter that you see what's coming. What's up is what you already have with Flip City. Yeah. So this one when you see what's coming, and combined with the ability to do your reserve, you can really start controlling your deck and doing a lot of different things. Now, there is one point that we house-ruled, is that you're not allowed to look through your discard to figure out what's in your discard. But like I said, there's an upper limit to how much Investigation you have. So if it takes 15 Investigation to go beat the bad guy... You may want to look through your deck and be like, well, do I have 50 investigation? If I had, at the beginning of the game, looked and counted up how much the maximum I could buy is, I would know. But I didn't. So I just, have rule, I just let you figure out how much you have and see whether or not you can beat it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish on BGG there was more pictures of the art in the game.
0: There's only nine pictures total. Well, I think if you look at the website, you can see more pictures of the art. Let me see if I can show you some. Just a second. If you look at the website right here, you can see some pictures of the art. If you look here, you can see some pictures of the art. If you look here, you can see more pictures of the art. I wish the rules were actually online also, but they didn't upload the rules in a PDF anywhere, to my knowledge. Okay, yeah, this has a lot more art. And for those listening at home, I linked Albert to a copy of the Kickstarter, the original Kickstarter where it was launched, the website at ccwgames.com, and a couple links to a um, page which shows all the cataclysms.
1: And the price is in U.S. dollars, so I'm guessing it's a U.S. company. I'd assumed it was British just because it's a, a theme.
0: I don't think they are. Let's see here. No, it's, I mean, it's all U.S. prices. They're in Marietta, Canada, uh, California. Okay. So they're American. I don't know. Now, the rule book is on
1: Kickstarter. You can get is it from it? there. Yep, there's a link. The final version? Oh, I don't know about that. No, it's not the final version. It's a It's a draft. But still, if somebody wants to get a sense for it, that should help. But after hearing Julius, you should not need to get a sense for it. You should just need to go out and buy it.
0: It sounds it fun. Really, I mean, I really do like it. And in a very brief amount of time, it's been getting a lot of play and a lot of requests locally from me. And this this having the marked back thing was so unique and interesting to me and it just gives you a sense of being able to see what's coming and start planning for what's coming that's interesting to do nice the one i mean i've heard some other people talk about how the game is slow to play i think that because it's a simple to play game it doesn't a single turn doesn't take very long and you know you just you sort of have to just repeat through building up your power to a certain degree until you can take on the Cataclysm. But once you reveal the Cataclysm, often that starts changing how it is that you're going to do. So it can't be too much just, it's not rinse and repeat of everything else. Like the I was talking already about the Manufactured Plague, where you have to start discarding cards. Or where you have to do, you have to keep in play a um, Disturbance card in order to be able to um, move to the Cataclysm. So you first have to go beat an extra couple times get more Disturbance cards and play. Or you can play Exposure cards. So you want to get Exposure cards in order to beat the Cataclysm. So each one of these plays differently and so it becomes, it changes how it is that you're going to go ahead and play. So I don't think it's, it's not repetitive and it doesn't feel like you're being repetitive. I see, okay. It's not a ton of decisions, but I think that's the, honestly, that's the joy of the game neat so only minor minor a minor couple critiques there's a couple things that i would have personally changed but in my opinion those are minor critiques overall big thumbs up great medium great medium lightweight game light co-op game deck very good very cool thank you well albert we've talked about this a lot but the real question is what's it missing
1: That is a good question. That's a really good question because this game—it sounds amazing, but something's lacking. Something. (laughs) Now, wasn't our
0: last wasn't our last game also missing something? Possibly. And the last time I checked, that was neck and neck. Why don't you really? Okay. uh, You
1: know, a lot of I I would do that. A lot of these games are missing (laughs) stuff lately. Just. Now you know we do have a small problem. I believe I am down to my last two dice. It's give a giveaway. I
0: have I've ordered heard more. I've That there is going to for... be a whole bunch of dice coming in.
1: <laughs> those are those are different. There is. I have ordered sixteen hundred dice for the Kickstarter for the for the one player guild, and I went ahead and added some dice for my for the uh, podcast at the same time. To that order, so in about seven or eight weeks, Hopefully they gave you a I have plenty of dice. <laughs> It's it's totally just based on the quantity you order of, of each style So I ordered a bunch This time I think I ordered like 100 dice Which Which makes it cheaper mm-hmm. 75 cents a die Are you pulling maybe? up the uh, last one Yes Yes I, I'm just chit chatting while I look for it Guild forums Here we go What's it missing Episode 104 so, so the last time we talked about um, mo money, and and you seem to think the game needed more marsupials and bananas, and, and I felt it needed more mirrors. And you know, we we let the uh, listeners decide, and the listeners decided oh, really? that we're both equally right, neck and neck. <laughs> yes, it's oh, a tie, God. nine to nine, nine to nine. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, now so what that do we do? so there you go. It's undecided. You know, the fact is, the game really doesn't need either one of those. It's just your only choices. They could they <laughs> couldn't pick. They're equally bad. Is nice. Is. <laughs> well, you know, I may I might have voted for marsupials because they're cute. They don't eat bananas, but they're cute.
0: So.
1: Well, there you go. Let's move on to the next one. It's a draw.
0: Well, the problem is, is we don't know who's going to go first now.
1: Um, who went for you? Went first last time. Yes, you went first, I believe. Yes, right, because you went first, and instead of speaking about mirrors, I decided to just have a rebuttal and say marsupials don't eat bananas. That 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 was my strong. All
0: right, so we said, I'm going first again. <laughs> so our two words for today sure, are, yes. I'm going to be doing oranges, courtesy of Mo. That's not so bad. You, on the other mm, hand, mm-hmm. courtesy of Lynn, and thank you, Lynn, for your new submission. Um, you are doing door-to-door salesman. Ah, uh, okay. Door-to-door, door-to-door salesman. Yeah, totally. And oranges. <laughs> Oh, boy, <laughs> a second.
1: I wish I had oranges. That's I mean so obvious there. I would know exactly what to say. And where'd my timer go? Okay, on your mark,
0: Get set, go. This game really needs more oranges because vitamin C helps drive away the devil, and you can have oranges mess up computers. And the game is very much based upon computers and digital technology, and if you squeeze orange juice on computers, it's a bad thing. So you beat everyone.
1: Keep going. I want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh,
1: you should. Well you, have you ever heard of the song "Oranges and Lemons"? No. Oh, it's a classic children's song or, how does it go oranges I can't even sing that the tune but origins and lemons say the bells of Saint Clemens you owe me five farthings say the bells of St Martin's it's a song it's a classic song I don't think that would have helped me just now yeah, I, mean, I don't it, think that would have helped it's thematic I I hear London I think oranges all right Albert you' got to talk about door door salesman it, three two one go yeah so Julius already said this game's a little bit too easy what you need is a way to make it harder and really what what slows down progress and success at home when, say, you're making dinner? Knock, knock, knock. There's a door-to-door salesman to mess you up and slow you down. And that's what this game needs. It's, it's, it's a way to distract you and force you to get less cards or, or whatever. Stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's mine. All right. Five-second oh, yeah. rebuttal.
0: <laughs> Nobody is at home in this game. You are running around London, and oranges will still be able to mess you up if people throw oranges at you. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, uh huh. I got this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear God, Mo, <laughs> <No>! Mo, <laughs> no! why are you giving me oranges?
1: Don't blame Mo, blame the die, or in this
0: case, the random <laughs> not orange. But
1: yes. All right. Uh. And because I keep yawning, I think that's all we have for this week.
0: All right. We will talk to you guys in two and weeks. And have a happy
1: 4th of July if you're in the, US,
0: in the U.S. Well, you... Right? Everyone should have a happy 4th of July. Well, wherever you are, that's true. <laughs> it's
1: still 4th of July. That's true. It'll be 4th of July. If and if you're in France or anywhere else, have a happy 14th of July, Bastille Day. Have a happy fr- Brexit Day? Brexit. Do we have a Brexit? Not yet. Two years from now, I heard. (laughs) Oh, dear. Off we go. Goodbye, everyone. Signing (laughs) off.